Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. We on that haunted ground. The three spooked girls. Hey there, spooksters, and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Jessica, and as always, I'm joined by my favorite gal pal, Tara. Hey, spooksters. Well, if you're new here to the podcast, we welcome you in and hope you enjoy. If you're a returning spookster, welcome back. If you'd like to hang out with us on social media, you can do so by heading over to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle is at Three Spooked Girls. If you want to actually like hang out with other spooksters, you can do so by heading over to the Facebook group, Three Spooked Girls Official. It is so fun. Like we do such fun things in there. Mm -hmm. I love the discussion posts. I love just like the memes that get posted that like, I don't know, sometimes the comments in there are just fire. And I'm just like, this is hilarious. And I am just reading this in bed chuckling. (laughs) So if you want to hang out with other like-minded spooksters, head over there and be part of that conversation. If you want to help support the show, you can do so by heading to patreon.com backslash three spooked girls or check the show notes for the link tree and just click on Patreon. For little as a dollar, you get a bonus episode a month. And then from there up, you get different categories have different benefits or perks to them. $5 and up get video, which we have some really fun video content that we put out each month. Mm -hmm. Tara does her haunted grounds and then Quarterly, we do Slaughters, which is where Tara and I watch video, like (laughs) videos. What is this, the 90s? Where we watch movies. (laughs) Where we watch movies and then do a commentary about it afterward. So if you want to check that out, head over to Patreon. We have a lot of different levels, so you can, there's literally a spot for everyone. Okay. So before we start our discussion of this case, which we're going to be talking about a case that was literally brought to our attention by one of our moderators, Ashley. She was like, oh my gosh, guys, have you seen Mm -hmm. this? And sent us a video or a link or something. And I was just like, (laughs) Tara, we're doing this as an episode. (laughs) We moved stuff around to literally bring this. I was like, just the name, (laughs) the Twilight Killers or the Twilight Murders. I'm like, yes. Because if you, I don't know if you know that guys know this on the regular feed, but if you're a Patreon, if you're a patron, you know that like Tara and I have this like secret love of Twilight that we are like, unabashedly not Mm -hmm. we're like not embarrassed at all (laughs) just like we're like we're here for it if you don't like it you don't have to participate but we love it (laughs) (laughs) so when i saw that i was like oh my god the twilight murders we must learn more so but before we do that Mm -hmm. of course we're gonna do the drink of today which i looked up a twilight cocktail and it is the volturi cocktail Mm. I chose it because it looks cool. 
Nay. <laughs> right? It's Ooh, cool looking. So it will be on our Pinterest, which you can find in the link tree. And it has one scoop of ice cream, one ounce of triple sec, half an ounce of white creme. De- oh, God. You guys know I can't say shit. Kirisa. No, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> So just check it out. It's got grenadine. It looks hella cool. You guys are going, I think you're going to love it. Just definitely check that out. And then I'm going to hand it over to Tara. She's going to tell us about the crime pre or like, you know, up to the arrest. And then I'll take over. Okay. Our case is about Kim Edwards and Lucas Markham. Fun fact, they are the youngest double murderers in the UK. Let that sink in. They were 14 when the crimes were committed. And like many murderers, The children each had rocky upbringings, so I'm going to start with Kim. So Kim lived with her mom, Elizabeth, and her younger sister, Katie, in Spalding, Lincolnshire. Elizabeth had left the girl's father because they had domestic violence in their relationship. And it was said that at first, Kim and the girls, they moved around from shelters and whatnot and things like that. Warby Parker was founded with a rebellious spirit and lofty goal to create boutique quality eyewear at a revolutionary price point, offering eyeglasses, sunglasses, contact lenses, and eye exams. Warby Parker is committed to providing exceptional vision care online and in stores. Try Warby Parker's free home try-on program. Order five pairs of glasses, try them on at home for free for five days. There's no obligation to buy. Ships free and includes a prepaid return shipping label. It's super easy. All you have to do is try them on. You can slap it over. They tell you right where to do it. Just put in a little piece of tape on and drop it off at the post office. It was so great. And you can find the perfect pair just for you. Like we said, Warby Parker is committed to providing exceptional vision care online and in stores, offering eyeglasses, sunglasses, eye exams, and contact lenses. Don't let your FSA or your HSA dollars go to waste. Put them to good use. Glasses start at $95, including prescription lenses. Try five pairs at home for free at warbyparker.com backslash spooked girls. And then in 2008, when Katie was five, they had an incident. And most articles and plus, what was that show? The Children Who Kill or something? Yeah, Kids Who Kill. Kids Who Kill. Elizabeth had punched Kim in the face for misbehaving. Yeah, she wasn't so good with the discipline. Yeah, some would say slap, but then most of them said punch. And I kind of am going to assume it's probably the punch thing because Elizabeth actually sought out child services and Katie and Kim were put into foster care for six months. So oh, I thought yeah. I thought Katie wasn't. No, they both were. Oh, then mm-hmm. that one video lied to me. <laughs> And after that time period, Elizabeth would get the girls back, and it's safe to say that Kim and Elizabeth had a strained relationship. There was a lot of resentment, and Kim developed attachment issues in regards to her mom and probably all relationships, which, I mean, that's understandable. You go through something like that at a young age. Right. And according to Kim, Elizabeth favored Katie, and she would tell all her friends and everybody this and all of that. But what's interesting is when there was interviews with, like, friends, neighbors, that kind of thing, or Elizabeth's former boyfriend, they all were like, yeah, they were close, but she didn't favor her over Kim, blah, blah, blah. But their relationship was described as, like, best friends and, like, besties and all this shit. So I'm like... Okay. I wonder if it's like one of those relationships, like when you go out, like how my parents were like, Mm -hmm. 
even if you were in a bad mood, you had to act like everything was fine. I wonder if that's how Elizabeth made Kim act in public. Probably. But y'all can decide that for yourself, which will lead us to Lucas. So his parents had a violent marriage. There was lots of domestic violence in their relationship, and they would end up divorced. And even before they divorced, Lucas would end up living with one of his aunts. He had previously before that also been in foster care, but he lived with his aunt. And a year after he permanently moved in with her, so putting him at age five, his mother would end up dying of leukemia. And this, even though his parents had this like toxic, toxic relationship, it obviously affected him because his dad started drinking a lot more heavily and things like that. So Mm -hmm. he did not have a relationship with his dad either. And because of that, he started having these same kind of attachment issues and abandonment issues and isolation problems and things like that because he felt like nobody loved him, which it's like if your parents are, well, I mean, you know, his mom died, so it's not really fair to say abandoning you, but you know what I mean? Like being without them and not feeling loved, like I get that. Well, and he was so young, like at five, it's hard to really reconcile the difference between mommy died of leukemia or mommy just left. Exactly. Especially if the remaining parent is probably not speaking Mm -hmm. well of that individual. So, you know, I think kids can still feel abandoned when when their parent dies. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, Kim and Lucas would meet at, oh God, John Glebe High School, and they essentially had like a trauma bond, I would say, because of how Mm -hmm. fast they got attached to each other and just kind of latched onto each other. Now, when they first met, he had been throwing a desk across the classroom in a fit of rage, and apparently this was just like, yes, this was not a red flag for Kim. This was a green flag, and she was like, I want that. I want that. Whatever. I'm like, okay. He's so strong. He throws <laughs> desks. He's Jesus. like the Hulk. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to, like, rash. I mean, she's four. She was young. So like- Yeah, they, they were freshmen, so they were 14, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this type of problem in school was, regu- like, a regular thing for him. He had a history of anger issues. He would do stuff like that all the time, and he would get in fights with all kinds of other students all the time. And it's just interesting because, like, in the Kids Who Kill, one of, his, one of their friends was on it, and he was like, yeah, but, like, to friends and people he actually liked, he was a good person. He was great. Like, he would talk. Like, you know, mm-hmm. nothing bad really so you know but he would get sent over to the behavioral unit at the school because of all of this trouble he got in and their relationship like i said it like escalated really quickly it became very serious really quickly so of course Mm -hmm. like normal teen relationships they were lovey cuddly all of that shit but they were spending essentially every waking moment together and they were having sex And just very, like, they wouldn't do anything one without the other, basically. Mm -hmm. And Elizabeth, understandably, was not a fan of Lucas. And she didn't want Kim to have the kind of relationship she had with their father. She was afraid because of his anger issues and, you know, all of that. She was afraid her daughter may become victim to something similar, mm-hmm. which I mean, you know, as a parent, you you want to protect your children. And I know that like there are some friends and some people had speculated that their relationship had been violent, like something had happened, mm-hmm. but I'd never like saw fruition of like an actual claim. 
Right, right. I think it was probably kind of just speculation because of how he would act, Mm -hmm. you know, with the anger stuff and whatnot. So, you know. But yeah, so Elizabeth was like, you need to break, like, she's trying to break them up. She's like, you guys need to not be together, you know, all of that. And this would lead to taking a toll on Kim because, of course, she was all about him. And, you know, it's like for, you know, think about being a young teenager. If, like, you want to be this boyfriend you love or partner, like, your parent trying to break you up with them is, like, the end of the world. Right. Essentially. So, you know, normal. But... Just three weeks prior to the murders, because, you know, ain't no fucking surprise, Kim would try to take her own life. And it was a serious suicide attempt completely. Elizabeth had to take her to the hospital. It was a scary thing. Mm-hmm. And so just not good. So with it being, you know, 2016, social media is a big thing already, right? So she would go on Facebook and post all kinds of things as well. And one thing that they always brought up when I would watch videos and stuff on this, they always brought up that profile picture she had that she changed from like her normal happy self to like this Mm -hmm. like serious, sad thing. And it's just because there was a comment from her mom and she's like, where's your beautiful smile? And then Kim replies, it's disappeared. So flash forward to after the suicide attempt with the hospital stay and all of that, they decide to try to run away. And for being young kids, they were actually gone a long time. They were like it took them five days to find them. They weren't that far away. (laughs) Yeah, they were not very far. And they only had like one little bag of food. Like they didn't really have much. But I was like, damn, that's almost a week. (laughs) I remember when I was watching the video, they're like, and they were found in the next. Yeah. And I was like the fuck it took you five days to find them like where were they in a in the woods like (laughs) even then that shouldn't be that long right exactly but understandably because of this elizabeth's like nah Mm. that like this shit's gotta quit like y'all gotta fucking quit so to kind of like put us on timeline now so april 9th they get into this big fight and essentially kim is like no fuck this and she decides she's gonna go over to lucas's house She's like, nope, I'm going to still be with my boyfriend. I'm going to go. Bye. So what does Elizabeth do? Elizabeth decides to put all of Kim's stuff into trash bags. And then she also gives some of her stuff to Katie. And I was just like, God damn, your child is 14. Yeah, like she she throws away all her stuff. And then like to me, the issue is that like Kim has already said that I think my mom favors my sister. So to like confirm that here is some of your sister's belongings right and how is that like an appropriate punishment like your kid ran away like shouldn't you be concerned like what's going on with your child not well if you want to be gone so much i'll just move your Mm -hmm. shit out like the fuck (laughs) yeah it just like i know her friends and stuff like elizabeth's friends and stuff tried to be like oh it was fine normal Mm -hmm. like no it sounds like it was a pretty toxic house honestly not saying she deserved to die or like they obviously didn't but you know what i'm saying it just kind of it, it was a huge red flag for me, too. And now at this point, you know, Elizabeth, like they had a place. She was very involved with the community. Plenty of people knew her all around for like the school and like this charity shop she worked in, all that kind of stuff. And everyone just had good things to say. Like I mentioned earlier, everyone was like, no, it's fine. Like when asked mm-hmm. about the relationship with like her and Katie versus her and Kim. But what was interesting to me, too, and I'm just like, oh, all right. They were saying that essentially Kim was jealous of Katie because not only of her mom, but because apparently Katie was like well-established at school and was popular and Kim had a hard time making friends and things like that. 
And I'm like, that's interesting because like, obviously we find out what her reasoning is later for everything. But I was like, okay, like, I don't know. It just, I don't know. It's just kind of rubbed me. The whole thing just rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know why. It's just like, I mean, about I do think that there's a jealousy aspect there. Yeah. I think shit came a lot easier to Katie. I think, you know, her being popular in school and Kim struggled. Mm-hmm. The perceived, my mom loves Katie more than me. Yeah. And it's probably not, and I like have thought about this earlier, like, obviously, we're talking about double murder, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. murder. So we know that this doesn't end well for mm-hmm. people. And so I really started thinking back to like, they tell us like the first murder, if you subscribe to the Bible is between sibling mm. and it's a jealousy thing. It's the parents love this other child more than me. And I started really thinking about that. Like as a kid, they were like, don't be jealous of your siblings because jealousy could breed to anger and anger could lead to murder. And I'm like, I think the real story that we should be focusing on is where are the parents not seeing that their kid is struggling and not loving, like feeling the same amount of love. And if that's the case, then you're not I'm not victim shaming Elizabeth at all here. I'm just saying like there was obviously a discrepancy in Kim's mind and they're not she's just not a dramatic teenager who's like, I hate my life. My mom loves my sister more like there was an extreme imbalance somewhere. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And with this whole trash bag item thing, this was the point where Kim was like, "Okay, fuck this. I'm going to kill them now. I'm going to kill my mom now. And what's interesting is, is they obviously, it's obvious why she wanted to kill her mom. But what I found interesting was that I heard a couple different things and you can tell me which ones you heard too. So I heard, obviously we know why she'd want to kill the mom. But for the sister, I heard one was that because they knew she would go to the cops. And then the other stuff was essentially had nothing to do with any of that. And it was that she wanted to kill her mom. So her mental health and all of her stuff wouldn't burden her mom, but then she wanted to kill Katie or felt she had to kill Katie so Katie wouldn't have to deal with the grief of living without their mom. That was like hard to get out. I'm like, I'm confused. I mean, it's a very like weird thing to follow because typically in suicides Mm -hmm. or suicide attempts, yes, in the aftermath, there's a like in an attempt that fails, obviously, there is the remorse that I put some of my family through this, you know, but when we're looking at it from I, I guess I've just never heard that as a reason I killed my my loved right. one is because I am going to kill myself. It's a very it's a weird it's a weird pill to swallow. Yeah, it's something to pocket for sure. Yeah. OK, so y'all. Also during April, Lucas had been expelled from the school for fighting. So they had to start meeting up at different places and they would they would go to like different parks, things like that. Not really good places, like gross places. And one of them being a McDonald's. And it's just what like I think like shows that this is it's just like puts in perspective that this case has to do with the perpetrators being children is they literally planned and talked about this murder while eating Happy Meals. If that doesn't stay in your brain mm-hmm. forever, like, I don't know what the fuck will. Yeah. And I was going to say about the whole, like, places that they would hang out. It, like Tara yeah. said, they weren't beautiful. They weren't like. No. It wasn't like they went to the most beautiful park and laid on a blanket and had these, like, I mean, they were walking down, like, canals that smelled like mm-hmm. shit because at the end of it yeah. was, like, literally like a pooping process plant, you know. Like sewage. Mm-hmm. It was bad. Yeah. And so it just shows that like mm-hmm. their mental state was always surrounded by like grime. Right. Exactly. And, you know, with that thought, too, it's 
you just have to like, I'm sure you guys realize because, you know, you're familiar with this kind of thing by now if you're listening to us. But when two people, no matter the age, if they're unstable like this, things escalate very quickly. And it gets dangerous really fast because literally Kim had just said to Lucas, I wish I could kill her. And he was like, "Okay, let's do it. I'll do it. Right. And that's like (laughs) Emma Kenny, who she's on a lot of those like shows like Dateline and Kids Who Kill and Women Who Kill, Mm -hmm. like Deadly Women, those Mm -hmm. shows. She was like the thing that she pointed out is that it's like she said it as like an offhand comment. Like, I just wish I could like kill my mom or I wish my mom was dead. And then he was like, yeah. And then he's just like, cool, I got this. I got you. (laughs) Right. Which is just scary. Mm -hmm. And then what else was interesting, too, when we were watching stuff on this was there was this kid named Adam, the one that I mentioned earlier. I didn't say his name, but his name's Adam. And he said, you know, they around this time, they also started talking to me and asking about my personal stuff because his dad had been murdered. So it wasn't even just like asking about the crime. It was like asking about stuff because I guess some of the kids on there got away with it. So he was like asking all about it. And, you know, obviously, like the kid was 14 as well. So he's like, you know, I'm just telling him like, whatever, you know, it's my friend type of thing. And it just shows that like he was doing intel. He was doing research, trying to see what the fuck he was getting himself Mm -hmm. into for sure. So. Overall, their plan essentially was they Lucas was to pack some kitchen knives in a bag and bring them over. He was supposed to bring two for him and two for her. And they had picked a route to go to Kim's house so he wouldn't be on like busy streets, wouldn't be seen, you know, that kind of thing to not bring attention to himself with this bag of fucking knives. And she would have him knock, I think it was like three times or something. She'd have him do a specific knock and she'd know it was him on the window. And then she'd let him in through the bathroom. And that's when he would go kill Elizabeth. And then Kim was supposed to kill Katie. Mm-hmm. And it's that, I hate to say it because it's not like I'm trying to like downplay anything, but it's like that cliche third time's a charm. So the reason why it didn't work out the first two times was literally because like, well, it said Kim fell asleep and she was just like, whatever about it. But then they people have brought up that question, like, was she really asleep or was she trying to just like, you know, she was like, nope, nope, fuck this and didn't want to do it. But like, I kind of feel like she probably did fall asleep. I don't know. Just her lack of remorse back then. Right. Can't speak on now. I wouldn't be surprised if she actually just did fall asleep because I know for the first time it actually took him longer to get there than they thought it was going to type of thing. I don't know what the deal was with the second time, but yup, it took three fucking times. I mean, honestly, like, obviously they planned it. Right. They went to the McDonald's. They had their happy meals. They were talking, whatever, whatever. It's just for me, I'm just like, I would be so worried that someone would have overheard me at that McDonald's that I wouldn't be sleeping. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like, and they talked about it in public places. And before he got expelled, they had talked about Mm -hmm. it at school. Like, they didn't give a fuck. They talked about it wherever. And they weren't even as sly as, like, the Slenderman girls who, like, had nicknames. Mm -mm. They just were like, we're going to stab my mom. No, no, no. They just, like, talked about it. And so the day that this happened, that earlier during that day, it was like a Tuesday, they had went back to their McDonald's. And Lucas had asked him if she was sure about this. And so she's like, yep, gave him the green light, all of that. So once again, he grabbed the kitchen knives and he walked over. And this time Kim would be awake and let him in through the bathroom window. And Lucas would then go into Elizabeth's room and Kim would stay in the bathroom while he murdered her. And In total, Elizabeth would be stabbed eight times, with five of those being in her hands, and they were deemed as defensive wounds, so she was fighting back. 
and Kim had recalled that she was hearing a struggle. She said she thought she heard her mom say, get off of me at one point, but there would also be stab wounds to her neck because, again, Lucas had done research and he knew he needed to damage her voice box so she couldn't scream and draw attention. And he also, during the attack, had tried to smother her with a pillow as well, but it would be, her cause of death would be one of the wounds in her neck. Now, what's messed up about this is during this struggle, there's a point where Kim comes into the room because she felt like it was taking too long and she was worried about Lucas, not her mom who's being murdered. She was worried about her boyfriend. So she goes in there and I'm really confused how she got confused, but basically there was like a bloody hand reaching out for her. She thought it was Lucas, so she grabbed it, but it was her mom's hand. And once she realized it was her mom's, it was said she was shocked and disgusted and then let it go. I'm like, Jesus, fuck. Kind of interpreted it as that the hand had grabbed her. Yeah. So maybe she thought Lucas was like, I don't know, killing her mom and like reaching back and like holding her hand while doing it, which by the way, ugh. I know, fuck. So gross. Right. And then the fact that like, I could completely understand like you've planned this heinous crime yeah you're gypsy rosing this woman mm-hmm. and like the victim is reaching out and holds you like i would be in shock i'd be like holy shit that's too much reality yeah yeah it's just totally fucked all around well after this it was time for them to murder katie at this point kim was like i can't do this i i can't take away i don't want to take away my sister's hopes and dreams and blah 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 like i am not strong enough to do this like you need to do it lucas so what does lucas do he's like okay so he goes in there and he does the same exact thing he stabs her multiple times and smothers her with a pillow and again according to like the autopsy and stuff she was awake at one point during the attack and tried to fight back so it was very very violent and gruesome as well now keep in mind the room she was murdered in was the room her and kim shared so after they're both dead they get into the bath to wash themselves off lucas had complained about getting blood on his shirt because it was his favorite and he was mad it was going to be ruined dude why wear your favorite shirt to a murder They also said that they had taken, you know, the bath to wash off the blood because they didn't want the dog to smell it. Except there's fucking blood everywhere. So like, what the fuck you mean? Okay. I thought they meant like they didn't want the dog to associate them with the blood. Oh, yeah. I mean, same. Yeah, same, same. And so then after that, Kim goes back into the room where her sister has been murdered and her body is still there. She grabs her mattress out of her room or out of their room and brings it downstairs and they eat ice cream, they cuddle, they have sex, and they watch Twilight, hence the name. Yeah, that's why they're the Twilight murders. Yes, and police would arrive, and Lucas and Kim have something interesting to say to the cops when they get there, so I will let Jessica tell you guys. Okay, so like Tara said, the cops get there, but like the cops getting there wasn't necessarily like just the straightest of paths either. So the kids were missing from school for a couple of days. And then Elizabeth also worked at a school and then she just wasn't there. So they were like, okay, these kids are missing. Lucas's aunt had reported him missing to the police. So they're searching. So April 13th is when they commit the murders. On April 15th, they show up to the Edwards residence and they knock on the door. And they can hear the dog and they can hear that and they can kind of hear some commotion, but no one comes to the door. 
So they can't tell if the commotion is just the dog or someone's inside. And of course, that they don't have probable cause because, I mean, for all they know that this family just packed up in the middle of the night and took Lucas and they left. They don't know. So there are some calls being made around Elizabeth's boyfriend who... It's so weird because when I read his stories and his, he's like, we were together mm-hmm. like 30 years. I'm like, yeah, but those girls aren't yours and they're 14. <laughs> Some don't so I don't, I'm not that good at doing math, but like, I'm hoping that you understand that like, maybe they broke up and then like, she had a relationship with her husband and then they, when that ended, then maybe they got back. I don't know. But like her boyfriend slash fiance had called, was like, there's something really wrong. So when they couldn't get anyone to answer the door about five hours later, They go back to the residence and knock again, no answer, and they decide they're going to enter. So when they enter the house, they find this these two 14-year-olds cuddled up on the couch or like the mattress on the floor because they took Tara's out. They took the mattress from upstairs and brought it downstairs. And they're just like cuddled up watching TV, which I don't know if at this point in time Twilight is on or if Twilight was like early. I think Twilight was like right after. Like that's what they turned on. Yeah, I don't think they were watching Twilight when the cops came. Yeah. But either way, they were watching Sorry. TV. Sorry. I was like, because even if they... <laughs> what? Nothing relevant was fine. I was like, even if they did a marathon, they would have already watched all of them. <laughs> yeah, because in like 36 hours, they could have watched them like three times. Um, shit, maybe they did. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> they just really love the Twilight. <laughs> I was trying to say that like the guy from like from Parks and Rec who's like, yes, Twilight. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, my brain does that sometimes. Yeah. It interjects Parks and Rec into my life. Anyway, so... They find this these kids, and at first the police are like, oh, my God, thank God we found these kids. They may have come back in the interim, like, when we left. They may have been scared. Who knows why these kids, but we found them, and they're safe. So that must mean Elizabeth and Katie are also safe. And so they ask the kids, like, hey, where's Elizabeth and Katie? And Lucas goes, uh, you can see for yourself they're upstairs or something mm-hmm. along those lines. And the police are like, oh, okay, weirdo. like that's a weird thing to say and they go upstairs and they find the bodies that they you know they've covered them like with sheets or blankets or something and they find the bodies and then they come down and immediately arrest lucas and kent for murder because like they're in the house Mm. that house had to have smelled because it's been 36 hours i mean unless they had the ac cranking and like ice on those bodies there is some decay there's some bloating there's some stuff happening yeah So they are taken to the police station and begun to be questioned. And I kind of got the impression because everyone's like, within a couple hours, they confess. So I'm I'm assuming at the beginning, they kind of weren't. But Katie cracks. Like, Lucas doesn't crack first. Katie cracks first. And I I found some of the interview that I think is really important for y'all. She's kind of describing the scene. She was lying on her side. And okay, they say erm a lot, like um, but Mm -hmm. it's erm. I'm going to say um instead of erm because it's easier for me. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. fine. She was lying on her side. um, And however really how he stabbed her, but he stabbed her through the neck, like through that way. And so like she like indicates. Like like, showed it. Mm -hmm. Because she was on her side. So then she says, "Um, I went into the room to see what was going on because I heard like noise and stuff. So I just wanted to check in. And mind you, she I've heard this. It's like, I'm actually giving it too much tone. It's very mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I will no emotion, detached. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I wanted to check to see if he was okay. Um, Like he was on top of her with a pillow over her head. Um, Like um, just 
like even though her like voice box you know was like she like uh i thought i heard her say get off me but i wasn't entirely sure then after about 10 minutes of lucas putting his weight on her um like she was she was like dead yeah this is a th- okay i had to like address this little thing you know cuz we're going to talk about cuz later Kim says, like, I wanted to them to not to be suffered, not to torture. Fucking 10 minutes? I have to put fucking purple shampoo and conditioner in my hair and leave it in for seven minutes. And that shit feels like an eternity. I can't imagine right? what oh it must God. feel like to have a pillow on your fucking face for 10 minutes. Right. I know. When I when I heard that, I was so horrified. I was like, that is so fucking long. Like, holy shit. Right. Ugh. So then the, the interviewer asked her. What exactly happened to cause you to to plan this? And she goes, um, well, I don't really. Well, it was kind of it just kind of happened because uh, that's not an answer. Mm -hmm. The interviewer says, because it's quite a drastic thing to do to happen. You clearly from what you're saying had a reason. I mean, what were those reasons? And Kim said, um, just like just that. Um, well, ever since I was young, like I never got on with my mom. Um. Or I know that she favored my sister more than me. And even though she said she didn't, I knew that she was lying. It's like, oh, shit. So that is like mm-hmm. her main reason. And how did you feel? Um, I was OK with it. Just uh, the fact that it happened so quickly. It gave me peace of mind because, you know, it's not like torture or anything. So girl, less than a minute before you stated that it was 10 fucking minutes. Yeah honestly that is torture and the fact that like elizabeth reached out and grabbed kim Mm -hmm. she recognized kim right exactly it wasn't an instant death and even even if like she didn't like see kim like she just reached out for help she saw lucas Mm -hmm. she knew why he was there Mm -hmm. okay the interviewer says how do you feel about it on reflection now the same way. What relieved it's done? Yeah. Are you unhappy about it? To a point, yes. And then the interview says, why is that? Uh, yes, because my mom doesn't have to deal with me anymore um, being like suicidal. And she doesn't like to wake up worrying every morning to see if I'm still alive. Um, and my sister doesn't have to go through the heartbreak and just all that emotions and stuff. Like the fuck? Mm-hmm. God. The interviewer asks, where did you think of to kill your family, to do it via a knife, to stab them in the throat, to have a bath afterwards, to commit suicide afterwards? Okay, because we we may I missed a point. So after the whole like murder thing happened, they were going to kill themselves. Mm. Lucas and Kim were going to take a bunch of pills and drink and then kill themselves. And one thing says, according to Emma Kenny is that you know Kim didn't like the smell of alcohol so that's why they didn't do it mm-hmm. but psychologically it's really hard to kill yourself if you're not suicidal yeah when you're not suicidal there's a part of your brain that tells you like don't do that mm-hmm. and so obviously at this point in time Kim wasn't suicidal right if you're anything like us you want to win the best gift giver ever title this holiday season and we've got a secret source for that it's uncommon goods Uncommon Goods has just the right gift for all your loves and likes. We're talking moms, dads, teens, in-laws, besties, and your one and only. 
It's not just stuff you can find anywhere. Uncommon Goods has unique and creative gifts, often handmade by independent artists and makers. And they have a gift guide to help you match the right gift to the right person. Here's some cool stuff I found recently when I was on their site. A murder mystery jigsaw puzzle. The box looks like old school classic books. And they have a make-your-own rainbow bagel kit, which is fantastic and sounds delicious and fun and all kinds of good stuff. Uncommon Goods looks for products that are high quality, unique, and often handmade or made in the U.S. They have the most meaningful out-of-the-ordinary gifts anywhere. And with every purchase you make Uncommon Goods, they give back $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice. To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash spookedgirls. That's uncommongoods.com slash spookedgirls for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods. We're all out of the ordinary. Where's all this come from? Where's all this? Have you seen something like it? Have you read something like it? Kim answers. Well, no, not really. Uh, I just went with... um general knowledge, really. Well, because the voice box and the stabbing in the throat and the bath because of the dog. So she wouldn't smell the, and this is where she says the blood on us. And I think she says me and Lucas. The transcript says it's unintelligible, which means they couldn't understand the recording. Mm-hmm. I don't like the smell of blood. Um, I just, yeah. And committing suicide afterwards, just most people who commit murders try to commit suicide themselves. Just most people do. That is not statistically accurate. Like most people who commit murders on purpose. No. Mm-hmm. People who may commit murders on accident, like vehicular manslaughter or manslaughter. Yeah, they may be living with that guilt and they may kill themselves. But I don't have statistics on how many murderers kill themselves after i mean i get the whole like murder suicide thing and that typically happens in domestic violence right but that's more of like i don't want to deal with the consequences of what the fuck i just did yeah then she's questioned again well all right some people have yeah but it's so that your idea behind it all right so there's nothing that you've seen that you've read or anything to give you any sort of notion nobody had discussed this with you and then they don't understand her answer And I know why they're asking her this is because they're trying to connect it to Twilight. Like there is this big thing where the reason this blew up as the Twilight murders is they were trying to connect this shit to vampirism. So stupid. Like what the fuck? Right. If you've if anyone has watched Twilight, it's literally the opposite of murder. Edward does not want to kill Bella or have her life ended, even if it is to become an immortal being. That would not be it. But there are parallels in the fact that there are these two outcast children who find solace and love within one another and accepting each other for their bad behaviors. And so I can see why they would be like, this is one of our favorite movies because we're Bella and Edward. So they go on and they ask, was it just you and Lucas? She says, yes. She asks, I'm sure you realize at this stage how serious this is, don't you? I mean, you're a very young girl. But this is very, very serious for you and Lucas. So if there's anything you need to tell us, you might as well get it off your chest now. And she goes, um, she doesn't really answer. I appreciate the fact, you know, you told us what you told us, but I don't know if you've got any anything lurking that you think that you might want to clear up. And she's like, no. Again, she's like, you know, just doesn't the tone of her voice is very just like normal. It's even keel. It's very just go with the flow. 
you would have thought she was talking about like math homework, mm-hmm. not the fact that her mother had been, her mother and sister had been killed two days All before. Right. Now, Lucas, at this point, they tell him that Kim has said what has happened. So then he confesses and he gives like a very concise thing. He says, I went into her mom's room, stabbed her in the neck while she was asleep and smothered her face with a pillow. After I knew she was gone, I went into Katie's room. She has the same room as Kim's. I stabbed her, but not 100% sure if it was her or the mattress. Then I smothered her too. That was pretty much it. And then Kim said, take off your clothes because you're there covered in blood. And I did. We put them in Miss Edwards' room and then we had a bath together because we were dirty. And when they say bath, guys, they mean shower. Just so that everyone doesn't mm-hmm. think they're mm-hmm. like having a bubble bath. <laughs> like they're baby, they're just <laughs> cleaning. There's shower, I guess. Basically, I hated her mom and I said, I wish I could kill her. And she said, yeah. She thought I was joking, but I was serious. And then she realized I was serious. So she became serious. When he asked what the reason for killing Kate was, he said, because she'd called the police. So that was his reasoning for making sure Kate mm-hmm. was dead. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, they have just confessed, which is pretty make that makes the shit go pretty fast. Because if you don't confess and they have to build evidence, but they had confessed. Well, they were being charged with murder. And both of them were like, just kidding. We're going to plead manslaughter. No, that's not manslaughter. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, and I think they were hoping because of their age, they would get like leniency. And which kind of would make sense for Kim because she didn't actually do any of the stabbing. She was just a party to the stabbing. But the judge was like, no, no, you guys, you forget one thing. You tried to do this three times. This was so premeditated. After the first time it didn't happen, you guys could have called it off. After the second time it didn't happen, you show up to the window. No one's there knocking. Can't get in. You could have been like, you know what? This doesn't seem like a good plan. It didn't happen. So, okay, no. Well, let's not do it. But nope. Third day, Kim was ready. At this point in time, Kim puts in the plea for guilty of manslaughter. The judge doesn't accept it. They're both being charged with murder. A little while later, Lucas will plead guilty to murder. Kim goes to trial mm-hmm. for it. And just so that you know, at this point, they do a little differently in the UK, which I like and don't like at the same time. One of the things that we do in the States, if it's a victim, we don't tell people their names. If it's a perpetrator, we tell people the names, even if they're children. Um, in the UK, they, they don't because of the age. So it was stated by BBC News that at the Nottingham Crown Court, the boy, now 15, pled guilty to their murders. The girl, aged 15, denies murders. How are you going to deny it? You were there. So obviously it was really easy. And on June 9th, 2017, the court ruled that they were guilty and it didn't take them very long. I swear, like, <laughs> these jurors, they go and they're like, <laughs> and it was unanimous. Like, there was not a one person like, mm, she didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was across the board. I swear they just want lunch, those juries. They're like, we're going to take two hours. Uh, an hour of that will be lunch. <laughs> Thank you. Please give us our court. For real. Our court mm-hmm. paid for it. Right. And then at this point, they announce in the media that these two children have been found guilty. They don't actually say their names. But... So this is the this is the sentence. They get life with a possibility of parole in 20 years, which that's 2037. That's not bad. Or 2036, sorry, or something like that. I don't know. It's yeah, it's yeah, some yeah. 2030 something. They're so young that 20 years is like they still have so much of life left. Right. So they were like, I don't agree with this. So they appealed it. And when they appealed it, because now it's not a murder case, it's they're appealing a sentence their their names can be released to the media. So then they were released. And this is kind of like one of those 
things. Because if you go look back at the James Bulger case and you look back at them, those two boys, like they stayed anonymous until they were older and then their names were released. Their names were released in like a fucked up way, if I remember. But one of them has gone on to live a normal life. I believe has children, giving back to the community, has changed. And the other one has continuously fucked up his life and been reincarcerated a lot. So when you compare that, should communities know who these people are? But like with that case, those two boys, when they got out, they were given new names. They were given new identities. And one of them, I believe someone tracked down the new identities and just kept following the guy. And the other guy is just, he's not doing anything wrong. He made a huge mistake when he was like nine. It was really fucked up. But now they're looking at it like that. But should these two children, because of the heinousness of their crime, should they have their identities released when they get out so that the community at large knows who they are? Because it would be really fucked up, like, because the way they look at it is that, like, their brains are still, like, malleable. So they could literally be trained to think otherwise. Mm -hmm. But they do think that Kim has some, like, psychosis behind her, that there is a psychotic streak in her. And if that's the case, it her brain might not be able to be rewired. So the only time will tell. So like I said, they went to appeal and they went back to their appeal and they won. Their parole went from 20 years to 17 years. <laughs> Wasn't it 17 and a half? Yeah. I just, <laughs> the half doesn't count. I'm, I'm just saying like, it just, that it's makes like it two even, and a half that, years. that's what I'm saying. That makes it even like yeah. more like ridiculous. <laughs> like you, you wasted people's time for two and a half years. So when they are released in, I believe it's in 2032 is when they're scheduled to be released or like up for parole to be released. Mm -hmm. Lucas will be 32 and Kim will be 33. And it's just like I'm older than both of those ages. And there's so much life I have left to live. Like these two could get out and live full fledged lives. And since they're children in the UK system, that means that the up until they're like 18, they're in Mm -hmm. like in homes, which means they could be, you know getting an education. They could go to a vocational college. They could get skills and get out and just start a life, especially if they're handed a new identity because their identities are known. And it's sad because the community that like this, these families lived in was so tiny. And so, I mean, obviously people in that community knew who it was before because it's very obvious that these two children were there and then the murders happened and then they weren't there, but at large, like everyone else. So yeah. So in 2032, we'll be back with an episode of them being released. (laughs) We got 11 years, guys. We got plenty of time. (laughs) But that's like a weird thing to think about. It's like only 11 more years. I don't know. Doesn't seem right. Mm -mm. It's a weird thing to think Mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. With that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this. I mean, Tara and I were excited because of the fact that it had the Twilight connection. Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting topic because of how young they were. Right, exactly. And I hadn't heard about it, so it was a new case for me, too. So it's always interesting. Yeah. I'm here for it. All right. So with that, we're going to sign off, and we'll be back for another episode next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.